This is Behold, a VBC podcast. Our goal is to examine biblical truth that will better equip you to behold the glory of the Lord more fully in your daily life. I'm your host, Dan Gillette, and on today's show, we'll be unpacking one of Jesus's most famous parables, the prodigal son. We'll discuss how this parable points to the gracious and loving heart of our Heavenly Father. We hope these truths lift your spirits as you listen along. Without any further ado, here is the Behold Podcast. Enjoy. Hello there and welcome back to yet another week, another episode of the Behold Podcast here at Valley Bible Church. Glad to have you, whoever you are, wherever you are. Whenever it is where you are, we're thankful that you are choosing to share this this bit of time with us, looking at God's Word and just chatting about the realities that He reveals in His Word, what He's doing in our lives, and hopefully what He's doing in your your life as well. My name is Sean. This is Dan. Coming at at you. Said that weird. (laughs) Two two weeks in a row, I feel pretty proud of us. Um, You know, the holidays were a little hit or miss. I feel like we're back in a nice little flow. Nice little flow. And speaking of flow, we have somebody on the get, our guest today who has amazing flow, uh, creatively, intellectually, relationally. He's great with semantics. Yeah, he's just a he's just a, a big, beautiful brain and just an awesome human. Please welcome Father into the studio. Yes, please welcome into the studio, Nate Baird. It's wonderful to be here. I don't know if I am worthy of all your accolades, but oh. once again, it's good to be with you guys. Man. That's awesome. Hey, what'd you guys all do for the long weekend? We had a little Martin Luther King Jr. Day. That was the day, right? That was the holiday yeah. we were celebrating. I listened to some Martin Luther King Jr. Dude, that's yeah. awesome. I was uh, recommend listening to him read Letter from Birmingham Jail, which is about 45 minutes, but it's worth it. And also his great, you know, I have a dream speech. Yeah. So, so what, were, what were some of the takeaways? I mean, it's super well, one, inspiring. He, he loves honestly. the word of God and he, he is just steeped in the Bible. And so... Everything he says comes out in a really um, Bible-oriented, like it's truth flavored or- that yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, truth, truth-oriented, justice-oriented kind of way, obviously, but it's grounded in God's word, and that's a really important thing. Actually, I didn't, I don't think I knew this, but the, the letter, uh, letter from Birmingham Jail, was written to pastors, and it was kind of his uh, defense of why he had participated and encouraged civil this, disobedience. This civil disobedience, yeah, yeah. yeah and um, it's. It, kind of a window to the times, you yeah. know, you kind of always think that if you'd lived back then, you would have had a certain attitude, you know, but uh, it's it's interesting to hear how, how not all churches were on board with, yeah. with what he was doing. Even even if they agreed with the, the goal, um, his they thought his methods were extreme, and then it turns out that they weren't, that they were good. Yeah, I mean, it's a sober thought to, to, to just maybe zoom out a little bit and just say, hey, how might history be judging us? 50 years from now yeah. what what types of things might we have totally wrong <laughs> yeah that's um that's really really powerful cool sean what about you uh, i was here at work on monday because <laughs> we don't um celebrate and we celebrate it we do we don't observe that's the word we don't get a day off we don't get a day off we're, we're working towards the dream that's what that's what it is the dream uh, although I didn't listen to any speeches, but I did read a few articles about just what a year, like 1968, which is the year that MLK died. Could you imagine being alive for that year and everything that happened in that year? Mm. So, like, 
obviously all of the civil rights things are happening. Right. Uh, Vietnam protests are happening. Uh, Apollo lands on the moon. Oh. Right. MLK is assassinated. John F. Kennedy is assassinated. Nixon takes office. Like, what a wild yeah. year in America. I right? think it, I wonder if like 2020 will have that same, like, you know, it'll be, it'll, it'll be what, what the next generation looks upon and be like, could you imagine living through that? Whatever. I don't know. And we'll say, we didn't just imagine it. We actually lived through it. Yeah. And we survived. We, survived. we thrived. Which feels a little bit like, I mean, not to be little 2020, but it feels ridiculous to be like, we recount this year of like political assassinations right, right, and right. wars like overseas and all that's happening and like amazing space bath things happening on the space front and we're like hey we stayed inside for a year yeah okay, okay we had to we had it hard we had to door <laughs> well, dash everything well, to, to, to be easy on us to come on, let's get let's be a little kind that had never happened before yeah. in the history of the world Again, i don't want to be little world was shut down yeah, i yeah. mean come on and there was a lot of there was a lot of crazy things that happened as a result yes. of that and so. beforehand and after and it please is, it was all. please god let's not yeah. let's not get into all that <laughs> um so i i was actually uh, i had a pretty eventful weekend i went up uh to shasta with the high school ministry for big snow, I heard they flew in some like really big shot speaker for that. Oh man, you know, he, no, it was it was it was me. <laughs> you know, it was just it was just little old me. Oh, wow. Yeah, we had an amazing time. We <clears throat> we looked at some some wisdom from above from Proverbs thirteen, and man, I just I've been digging in into the Proverbs lately, and man, there's just so much. I mean, you could just read one verse and just like spend your whole life just thinking about and, and seeking to apply that one that one piece of advice from heaven. And so I thought it was, just, it was really great. The the students, and we've got an amazing group of students right now. Um, one of your offspring was there, Nate. Ah, and, not surprising. Um, and there was... Just throw a dart. Just throw a dart. Yeah, <laughs> and there was some Altamont uh, representation as well. And I'll just tell you, I was so impressed by these high school students and leaders just very dialed in, very focused, great interaction, great questions, lots of conversation, you know, outside of the sessions. And it was just, man, it was so edifying and so encouraging. And, you know, I was talking to Stephen Greenway, who's the pastor at high school students and their families at VBC. And he was just saying, you know, things have changed a lot since we were in high school. He And he said, it is becoming less and less advantageous to be to claim Christ as a Christian or to even come to youth group or, or, or to say you're to even be associated with Christianity there there's no benefit socially you know as as a, as a high school student to be connected to Christ <laughs> so the people that show up and that are really that are really plugged in they're, they're they actually are serious they're taking their faith serious and they want to pursue Christ and they want to learn godly wisdom and so it was just it was really fruitful time well spent and just shout out to Stephen and all his leaders and and Laura and they're just it was an amazing amazing weekend so yeah if you guys want the little readers digest version of what I talked about um, come talk to me on Sunday I'd love to love to give you the download but so it was I'm gonna have you come awesome. out and talk at the Altamont at our youth ministry so hey sign me up I'll book you sign me up wow I don't sounds know. like a party. I have to see. It. I have to check with my agent, <laughs> aka Emily. Just kidding. Well, that that's, sounds like a great time together. You you left, and you came back. I did, just like another man in scripture. 
Ooh, the prodigal. I'm the prodigal pastor. Wow. <laughs> Speaking of, what does prodigal mean? Oh, man. I think we're going to get into it later. Do you want to just do it now? I mean, we'll dive into it. Okay, so we'll just get into okay. it. So if you've been with us on Sunday mornings, then you know we're in the book of Luke. We have been for about a year now, <coughs> and it's been a great time. And right now, Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem. He's teaching left and right. People got huge crowd following him, and he is... Uh, right now, we're in chapter at the crossing, the end of 15, and he's giving a series of parables. And if you didn't know, parables are, are kind of worldly examples or stories meant to really communicate heavenly ideas or biblical realities for us. And so we come to this one, which you, Mr. Baird, taught us through the end of chapter 15, and it is this account of what's known as the prodigal son. Now, interestingly, which you pointed out, Nate, you didn't use the word prodigal when you taught it Did not. because that word prodigal is not actually in the scripture. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's mentioned in what I call the sometimes unhelpful, uh, uninspired Bible headings. So they're really helpful, you know, those, those headings of different sections. They're helpful. Sometimes. Navi- sometimes they're helping just for navi- navigating. If you're looking for the story of the prodigal son, oh, there it is. But um, sometimes they give you a, an interpretation that when you actually read the text is may not really be the focus. Uh, I think like, Jesus teaches on divorce happens in Matthew in this place, and it, Jesus is not really teaching about divorce. He's teaching about something else. He just happens to use divorce as a uh, as a topic to to talk about the other thing. And so, um, yeah, it's just interesting that some of those some of those uh, titles they're uh, they kind of can be misleading. So this one. The prodigal son is so common, I think, because the word prodigal has to do with uh, over, you know, lavish, overspending, um, kind of being spendthrift. And the son, uh, in the first son, there's two sons in the story. He goes off and he lives that way. Tim Keller, if you ever read Tim Keller's book called The Prodigal God, he flips that around and says, well, actually, it's about the father because he is so overabundant in giving his mercy and forgiveness and relationship. And that's absolutely true. And pretty much most, uh, all the commentaries I read said something along those lines. Uh, the, the one I, I used for this was the, the parable of the compassionate father and his two lost sons. And that's something like mm-hmm. that comes up quite a bit um, because really the focus of Jesus' whole point in telling these stories is uh, the father's joy when uh, the lost are found. And we saw that with uh, Ch- Charlie shared uh, the two previous parables. There were lead-ups to this one, the lost sheep and the lost coin there's this building 100 sheep one goes away and gets lost and is found 10 coins one is lost and found and now two sons one goes away and really there's a bonus son too right there's there's a bonus son the third son jesus himself the son telling the story yeah he's telling the story and and i love how you talked about that jesus is that representation of the the perfect obedient son who is in in harmonious fellowship and relationship with his father and, you know, this, uh, it's kind of a picture of what is possible, right? And both sons are lost, and both sons need to come back to, to that, yep. that state, that yep. relationship, that fellowship. So it's beautiful. Yeah, I love that you pointed that out, that sometimes those headers are, like, misleading. And this is such a perfect example, because like you said, like, it's really not the, it's easy for us, especially, I think, in Western culture, because we're so individualistic, it's easy for us to read this kind of thing and think, like, oh my gosh, that's me, I was the prodigal son, and then I went back to God, you know, and certainly that's true, like, we can identify with that in a lot of ways, and as is so often the case with parables, there is a lot of nuance and facets, but again, as it is with parables, there's usually kind of one central core theme, the reason why Jesus is saying this in the first place, and like you said, this is about the Father, this is about his heart. 
This so. is about how he treats his sons on, on either front, uh, which is such a great point. You just pointed out, Dan, of just the, the, the other son, although he was upholding the quote-unquote rules or law, he was in the wrong, too, in his heart. You know, and as we're in Luke talking to this audience of Gentiles, but surely there's Jews hearing this too, the same exact thing for them. Hey, some of you guys, you think you're upholding the law perfectly, but your heart is totally misplaced when it comes to God, right? You're not caring for those in need. You're not doing X, Y, or Z. And then the other people are, you're abandoning God. So it's just such a good reminder for us to, as is going to be the case next week again with the next parable and the following week with the next one, to really examine our hearts and so, ask ourselves where, where we lie in this situation. Yeah, so on that, um, is it, then is it, is it uh, inappropriate, unhelpful, you know, wrong, quote unquote, to then try to find yourself in the parable, right? Is that, can that lead us to dangerous places? Because I've heard before where it's like, hey, which son are you? You know, are you, are you the, are you kind of the self-righteous, you think you deserve X, Y, and Z older son? Or are you the, you know, the wild, crazy, uh, blow it all on, on, you know, wild living, yeah, wild living. Just say, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thank you, thank you. Um, you know, which one are you, and and how can you come back to God? And you know, like, is that helpful to think well, in those terms? I think, or what do I think, you think? Oh, sorry, you were going to say something. But I think anytime in Scripture, when Jesus Himself warns you about a certain attitude or heart, I think it's really healthy to then assess: Am I? aligning myself with that way of thinking at all you know maybe you don't have to go so far as to like say i am that son or whatever it is but i think for sure if it's like oh man i am living that way in ways that's a really healthy thing to go through as long as you go back to the point of just how do i then relate that to what my father's heart is towards me and what his desire is for relationship with me but what were you gonna say nate yeah i mean uh jesus sets up the third story so Mm -hmm. he sells he, he tells two and then gives his take Right. So he says, here's the here's what uh, there's more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than from, you know, and then he does the same thing. But then the third one, he just leaves it hanging. And he also introduces this other son. So you have three human characters that have, have attitudes, volitions, and, and thoughts, whereas in the first two, you just have a human with a coin or a sheep. Right. Right. But but now he's kind of expanded. There's it. more dimensions. Yeah, and he's he's made he's pointed out obviously the the tax collectors the the sinners they are the the the, the brother who ran away. Yeah, the and younger brother, right? The younger brother, and they yeah. they've come back. And uh, in the story, you, you remember I made a I try to make a big deal of the fact that the older brother doesn't call him my brother. He says your son. He disconnects. He, he, dis- he, he distances himself. Yeah. So this whole thing is about how do you see people who are returning repentance to god do you are you rejoicing with the father over that do you mm-hmm. long for that or are you, is your response that's not fair you're letting him off too light i can't believe it mm. um and so i think it's definitely because he doesn't comment he just leaves the, the, the pharisees to say where are you in this story and i think it's appropriate one thing i i said uh application wise is you cannot it's hard to be excited about other people's repentance unless you yourself have been received back to God's heart. If you have, yeah. if you've, if you've received his gift of love, if you've experienced that forgiveness, uh, Jesus said, you know, to, about the woman who uh, washed his feet, that she's been forgiven much. So she loves much. That's, that's why she loves mm-hmm. because she experienced the loving forgiveness of God. And so um, it's, I think the first thing is, Hey, when you've come to re- understand that, that Jesus died 
as God's gift of forgiveness and love to bring you into a new relationship with him, into his kingdom, what he's doing in the world, wow, that should blow you away. You've been, you've been given a ring. You can now act his name. You know, we bear Jesus' name. And the ring that the, the son received was a signet ring. He got to make business deals with his dad's name. Represent, represent the he family. Has to represent. So, yeah. so we're given that access. And, and, I, and I also wanted to bring the fact that, that Jesus is talking solely to Jews. But Luke is writing almost solely to Gentiles. And mm. So here we are. We're supposed to see ourselves, too, in that story, even though it's to a different context. And, um, and so that, yeah, we're, I think that's invitation to constantly see where do I fit? But keeping the character in mind that it's really about the father. Right. Who am I in relation, not in just relation, who, who am I, yeah, who am I in relation, who's he in relation to, to me? Father. It's who am I in relation yeah. to him in the story? And, um, you know, a couple of people came up to me and I knew we were going to, uh, uh, both before the first service and after the second service. And they said, you know, I really don't like this parable. Hmm. And I said, tell me more. I want, I'm curious. <laughs> I'd never, I never seen such a strong reaction to this parable. It's a very well loved known parable, even if it is confusingly named. <laughs> and, uh, and they both said, basically, because I am the good child in the picture, and when I have a family member or someone close to me who keeps on coming and basically taking advantage and then going away and coming back and taking advantage. And, you know, f- my first response to, to if that's someone even listening right now, who's that's that's their response. Is, so you're saying, just to clarify, yeah. you're, you're saying the reason their issue they, their, their issue is based on their own personal experience with their their family of origin, where where it's like, hey, I have a sibling who is just um, taking advantage of my parents. They pop in, they pop out, they they leech their resources, and there's no relationship or or honor or love, and and I feel completely disconnected, and and it's. I'm I'm angry and yeah, I don't, don't want to. Or, or they're like, or they're like, yeah, or they're like, we don't want to celebrate this abuse. Right? Yes, we don't want right. it, we don't yeah. want it to make it seem like good news that someone went and did all the stuff and then came back. Right. Right. Yeah. That's right. that's not the good news. And and I and so that's that's the first thing is if you if you talk to somebody if you listening talk to somebody and they have this reaction, we were, first of all that pain that anger sh- is is needs to be addressed because that's real and that's not what Jesus is not talking about like helping abuse to continue or, yeah. or, or miss, uh, you know, bad behavior continue. His whole th- address was to tax collectors who had literally repented. They were saying things like, what, what else can we do to show that we have a change of heart toward God? We want to we make it abundantly clear that this has really grabbed hold of us. How do mm-hmm. we change our lives? Right. So it's not like they're coming in and, you know, getting a little bit of nice stuff and leaving to go back party again. Yeah. So that's or that's, like like we're gonna we're gonna get into Zacchaeus next week, yeah, right? Right. Exactly. He, he said, "I'm gonna pay back everything four times four times yes. what I owe." Yeah. Right? So that's yeah. that's the pr- appropriate parallel. Remember, these parallels always address one main t- issue. They're not you can't stretch them to to address anything. And, and sadly, people, you know, maybe you've heard teachers who do that. They they tr- they make applications and they, they maybe um. Or what, what's the you know they kind of make symbolic m- meanings of things, yes. and uh, kind of miss the plain idea that Jesus has spent a lot of time setting up mm-hmm. your understanding by telling three stories that connect, and they're all about joy at the Father over something lost that is actually found, not about someone who's coming, taking stuff, going away, coming back, taking stuff, yeah. going away. Well, and even even like man, it's so important for us to understand the Father's heart. If we don't if we don't get that right nothing else is going to work you know for us and even 
you know, you, you see God's dealings with his, with his people in, in the Old Testament where true repentance wasn't present. And so he disciplined them. He allowed, the, you know, foreign armies to invade and conquer them or, or capture them. He, he brought about pestilence and, and natural disasters. And, hey, these are the consequences of you rebelling from me. And I want you to come back. And, and receive my mercy and compassion and be in relationship and fellowship with me. Um, but I'm not going to enable your bad behavior. Yeah. That's what a good father does. Yeah. You know, and, and so if you've experienced like enabling, uh, codependent type of abuse in your family, the, the, pro, the, the, the this parable is not championing that or saying, <laughs> hey, just, just suck it up and endure it and let yeah. it keep going. Yep. That, that's not what a good father. So we got to remember, yeah. like, what is God's um, heart? What is his purpose for his children? How does he deal with us? How does he interact with us? Yeah. That, yeah. yeah. And like speaking to those families who are dealing with that, those kind of conflicts and issues, and I totally get it. That's complicated, sometimes long-standing, deep hurt type of stuff, yeah. you know? And I totally get that. Um, but really, I think, again, it's important to really single it down to like, what's the point here, you know? And the point here in this parable, especially in the context of what's going to follow after that, is that, what will bring you happiness and fulfillment? What what you're meant for is closeness and relationship with your father in heaven, you know? And you see this son's history and his life of he had riches, he squandered all his stuff, but that didn't fulfill him, right? Yeah. What, what fulfilled him was coming back to his father. Right after this, next week, Charlie is going to take us through, I mean, spoiler alert, this week and the two weeks, we're about, talking about money a lot, right? Wealth a lot. Next week, same thing with Charlie. We're gonna hear, see this 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 master's servant who who misuses his master's funds, his, mismanages his funds, and the point of that once again comes back to wealth is not going to get you what you want, you know. And specifically, next week is gonna be like, hey, so use your wealth intentionally. And what's the point of that? What is the intention? It's for relationship. It's for intentional relationships that lead to that kind of unity, right? And then the following week, which is what I'm teaching at the Ultimate this week, uh, which if people didn't like your parable, they're definitely not going to like this parable, <laughs> but Lazarus and the rich man, right? And what's the point of this? And you can have all of the wealth in the world, but it's all going to be for naught if you don't have that unity and relationship with the Father. Mm-hmm. And actually, which I don't want to spoil it, we'll talk about in two weeks, but just that picture of the rich man and Lazarus, what happens is rich man feasting, Lazarus just poor at his gate, just waiting for scraps, Right? And you have this picture of a feast, which if you know about the cultural context of a feast, you're reclining, lounging on these kind of couches. You're very near to one another. There's almost implications in the scripture of when someone asks Jesus a question, them kind of leaning their head on his chest, that kind of closeness between people. Well, when Lazarus and the rich man die, what does it say? It says that then the rich man's in Hades, suffering. Lazarus, it actually says he is is taken to the bosom of Abraham. He's Mm -hmm. that near to him. Now he's at the table. Beside the the one they're following, right? He has a relationship with the one that matters. So, anyways, that's a long-winded way of saying, like, for all these things and speaking to that family, the point here again, like you just said, it's not to celebrate that 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 journey he had to go through as the the quote-unquote prodigal son. What we're celebrating is 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 how relationship with the father is better than anything else this world has to offer. Right? Yeah, and yeah. Then one of my favorite things about about the the parable, and you did such a great job of of breaking this down, is both the older brother and the younger brother are invited by the father to come back into relationship. 
And I think the younger brother invitation is a lot more stark and obvious and, and um, kind of in your face. The, the invitation to the older brother can get lost because you might say, well, he's, and even that's what his sentiment is. Like, I've been here this whole time. Like, you haven't given me this blessing. Like, what the heck, you know? He's jealous. He's, he's, he's saying this isn't fair. Um, he's, he's thinking just all about himself. And, um, you know, the father could have easily just rebuked him and sent him away for not understanding how blessed he's been all these years to, to live in his household and to be so close to him and to have all of the blessings that he's enjoyed. But instead, the, the father is speaking to his heart and says, hey, like, remember, this is your brother. This is your brother. It, it's not just my son. And we thought he was dead, but now he's alive. And come party with us. Come on. You know, like, it's an invitation. And, and to me, that's the saddest part of it all is that the brother doesn't want to come in and, and rejoice. Yeah. I can understand the, the feeling of like kind of losing your way and not having the proper perspective and, and kind of getting lost up in, in the, the, the scales of justice and the fairness of it all and what you don't get. Like I, I, I get that. But then to, to reject the party, you know, to, mm. to, to not celebrate, to not have that wake-up call when the father – yeah. invites you in yep. that to me is just so sad and it's and it's also shows the the lack of value because remember we have the sheep it's valuable one it's one hundredth of your whole owner you know your your, your wealth flock. Yeah. yeah and there's the coin one tenth of your wealth mm-hmm. and then you got your fifty percent of your legacy your son yeah. and you thought he was dead and he's back that's that's I value that son. Mm-hmm. And God values people. God does mm-hmm. not. God, we're not interchangeable to God. Yeah, it's like, oh well, I'll just a few, wait a few, you know, seconds and somewhere. I have another son. There's another son or daughter somewhere in the world, right? right. <laughs> um, that, that people are so valuable to God that a single one lost is a tragedy, and a single one found is a party. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know. I love how you said, you know, God. God is the. He's the. He's the one who likes to party. You yeah, know, I think he some, loves to party. Yeah. Sometimes we we think of him as you know, kind of distant and cold and, and, and the laying, the, laying the hammer down and yeah, the one who disciplines us and all that. He's like me. All right, it's 10 o'clock. I would turn down the music and go yeah. home. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. No, but yeah, he, he's, he's, he's the one that, you know, slays the fattened, fattened calf yeah. and let's party. And, da- and, the da- and music and dancing right there. Yeah. Man, so great. It's in the, it's in the Bible. <laughs> Must've been delicious. Music and dancing. <laughs> I need some fattened calf. Yeah, I, that's that's kind of one reason I the last four points of, of the of the message were just I wanted to show this is what the father's always been like. Yeah, there's, there's no there's no ambiguity that oh somehow God was grumpy and then Jesus came and said Dad let me let me show be a nicer version <laughs> right. of you. It's always the father is being shown exactly as he always has been and, and is most deeply because of the Son Jesus. And and what I found is in re- where that pops up that t- that type of uh, fallacy, it, it pops up in less overt ways. Like most people that we talk to wouldn't say that sentence that you just said. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Because they would hear it out loud and be like, okay, that that's obviously not Seems true. Wrong. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but they live like it's true yeah. Th- yeah. because it's, it's this, it's this undercurrent yeah. that just kind of like paints the way that they pray. 
and it paints the way that they think about life circumstances and it colors how they read scripture and how they do relationships with their family and people in the church. And, and it's just, it it produces, um, you know, guilt and shame and fear. And, uh, and it, it just, it limits how close we can, we can really get to God. A really great exercise. If for those who are listening or anybody, just to see where you are with that is an imaginative exercise. And, People, some people are nervous about imagination, but God gave us an imagination to, it's actually, we can't live without it, to be honest. And the Bible is full of pictures that force us to see something. Even this parable creates an image, a scene, a scene in our heads that we then respond to. And so here's, here's one. Imagine you're going to, your, to God's house, okay? Picture that house in your head. And imagine that you have done something wrong. Maybe you sin the day, you talk badly to somebody, watch something you shouldn't have, whatever. And you open the door, or you knock on the door, he opens the door, What's and you tell him, what's on his face? What's his face like when he sees you? Hmm. Is he smiling at you? Is he beaming? Is he, ah, oh, come on and glad. Or is he have his arms crossed? What's, what's, what's most comfortable for you to think about? If it's yeah. most comfortable that he has his arms crossed, or doesn't have time for you, or you know, let me finish this over here. Or passive aggressive. Or passive aggressive. Like, hey, how's it going? You know, mm-hmm. then it's probably a sign that you've got a bad, false view of God. Um, he's he is the one who's deeply connected. The one who's who come come. Let us reason together. He sits wants to sit down with you. He was the one who says, "Cast all your anxiety on him. Don't be anxious about anything, but tell me what's going on, and I'll mm-hmm. I'll give you the peace that will guard your heart." Uh, yeah. in Christ Jesus. So you're talking about like heavenly daddy issues, like Abba, yeah, yeah, Abba Father yeah. issues. Well, and that's, you know? not, that's not off because <laughs> yeah. uh, if, you're, if your dad, if your earthly dad or earthly parents um, didn't have time for you, for whatever reason, I'm not judging them, just if they, if they were busy all the time or strict or stern, you cannot help but hear the father language in the Bible and think, that God is you they, overlay your yeah. experience onto exactly the title yeah. that God gives That's himself. Exactly yeah. right. Yeah, uh, and like on the flip side of that, like if you're someone who has a really hard time with the idea of your sin grieving God, you know, I think it's really helpful to look back at that picture mm. and to remind yourself, like, this is why because He loves you so dearly. You know, I think about Wendy, and it's like when she does something hurtful. Or wrong, it pains my heart because I love her so much. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It'd be way easier to just ignore her being bad if I didn't care about her, if I was indifferent as a father. But because I love her dearly and, and I want so m- much for her to be what the best version of her is, you know, because I know what's best for her, and I, all those kinds of things. That's why it grieves me and hurts me. You know, how do I respond to that? I'm not gonna, you know, like you just said, arms, <laughs> whatever it is. I'm gonna come to her with in, with closeness and intimacy and tenderness and care for her, right? Just like the Father does with us. But like you said, like he's not going to support and enable us to be wrong and abusive with our lives, right? But that picture, I think, is so important to just remind ourselves of. This is who my Father is. This is who my Father is, right? Yeah. Well, and uh, I had another person was asking me about repentance. He's like, you know, you didn't talk too much about repentance in the story. And, you know, repentance is up front because the first two stories – it's mentioned explicitly, you know, it's God rejoices over one person who repents. But it, in talking with uh, this brother about it, um, and, and I think I think the focus is on the rejoicing part. That's the part we're supposed to leave this with and so have the heart of rejoicing. Um, because, of course, the Pharisees could not create repentance for other people. 
Repentance is, comes when you recognize where you are, how far you are from God, hmm. and you recognize that he will receive you. The son believed his dad would take him back, even if as a servant. He knew, right. he knew enough about he his dad. He knew about his character. He knew about his character. Yeah. And that's really critical with repentance. I think sometimes we're, we overemphasize the repenting from things and don't focus enough, which I think, I think is more important, honestly, what you're turning back toward. Yeah. yeah. Changing your mind about God and his love for you and, and that kind of thing. Because in the process of that, you, you, cannot, you cannot say, I, I love God and I, and I see how good he, kind he is. And also not be turning away from the things that you have, right. that are opposite of him that you poured your life into. Well, yeah. and it comes, it all comes back to that, that dynamic is possible because of the cross. Amen. Yeah. And, you know, I was having a conversation with one of the high school students this weekend, just about the difference between discipline and punishment. And I was talking about in first, first John uh, chapter three, uh, John tells us that perfect love casts out all fear. Well, why? Because fear has to do with punishment, mm. okay? And if if the cross is God the Father pouring out all of his righteous wrath and anger for the sins of humanity on his own son, and that Jesus breathed his last and said, it is finished, payment for sin has been has been made. Punishment has been poured out. And so if you're found in Christ through faith, then you don't stand in the punishment that the father, the father, you know what I mean? So, so there's no, that's why there's no fear in love because we don't have to, when we come to God, when we repent, when we turn back to him, because, you know, it's like that analogy, I'm coming home to my father, I sinned, I open the door, what's he, what's going to be on his face? Well, because of Jesus, it's just going to be love. <laughs> it's going to be love because there, the punishment has been dealt with. The wages of sin have been paid. Yep. And so it's really hard for us to, um, you know, some of us, to, some of us think, oh, I sinned. Uh, I got to give God some space. He's angry. I got to, there's a cool off <laughs> cool period. Off period. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't want to talk to me right now because yeah. he's, I let him down. Yeah. And that, that could not be farther from the truth. Um, and it's, it's just like when Jesus, you know, is talking about the vine and the branches in John 15, yeah. he, you know, he's saying like, look, all the work has been done. You've already been cleansed. All the work has been done for for me to be comfortable with you. I mm. I'm at home with you. That's yeah. a, that's the abide. Uh, it's like abode, right? Yeah. You know. So Jesus is like, I'm comfortable with you, even though you're a sinner. <laughs> so so you do the work in your heart so that you can be comfortable with me, yeah. and then we can abide together. Yeah. <clears throat> and that is always been such a great picture of what repentance looks like to me. It's, it's like, I, I strayed from the path, but Jesus's position, the father's position has, hasn't changed at all. They're standing there with open arms waiting for me to open yeah. the door. I'm the one that needs to turn back. Yeah. And, and, and in thinking about that loving abiding relationship helps us do that process really quick, right? Because we don't want to wallow in the pig slop for much longer, right? We want to get out. We want to get back home with our father and, and, and enjoy, you know, the party. Amen. Well, I, yeah, I want to add something because I, I love everything you said uh, with maybe one nuance, which is it was the father's love that caused him to send the son. So 
we, we, Jesus didn't have to do something so that the Father could start loving us. Jesus coming was the Father's initiative in the first place. That's so great. Yeah. Out of love. So it's important because that, that's, that's a starting point. That's yeah, a starting that's point. a starting point. It's always God's yeah, lo- yeah. love, love is initiative. There's never, to my knowledge, there's no place in the New Testament where God's children, it, it ever says God is angry with his children. Hmm. And that's, that's key. So if you are in Christ, you are a daughter or a son of God. Uh, he's not angry with you. He's uh, he actually says he's totally satisfied. Jesus is the propitiation for sin, which yeah. is the satisfaction. God is perfectly happy about yeah. concerning sin. He does discipline us he for does, the purpose yeah. of righteousness, right? Yeah. Like any good father yeah. does, and he does that. It's not because he's peevish about it. It's not like yeah. I don't like that thing you do, so yeah. let me st- <laughs> because because of my unique you know idiosyncrasy. Yeah, and it's, it's not punitive. It's not either. punitive. It's it's that's for the purpose of building you up so you can experience the life I have. It's kind of, it's the same thing when Jesus says, why do you say Lord, Lord, and not do what I say? Back in Luke 6, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I say? You could take that as, oh, just do what I say. You know, why aren't you doing what I say? Yeah. But, but he's saying, no, if, if I'm your Lord, if you're going to receive the benefits of my kingdom, then you, ha- it's, that is doing what I say. Yeah. In other words, God's kingdom is equal to living the way God does and God's God's commands hand in glove are hand in glove with that yeah yeah wow that's good stuff I feel like pff, yeah that's enough enough to have to park the plane on uh, enjoy the party yeah and I love just that picture I think about this enjoy the party don't worry about who where people came from just be glad they're there with you mm-hmm. you know yeah that's good yeah and I, and you know I think um there might be some people listening that maybe are on the other side of the, of the thing where maybe they're, um, <laughs> they're too flip about, about, you know, sin and, and they're, they're kind of presuming upon God's kindness and, and, and mercy. And, and so, um, and we kind of talked about that before with the analogy of like the, you know, the wayward son who keeps popping in, popping out, popping in, popping out. And so just, yeah, I think, I think when we, when we, read a story like this, it's just a great opportunity to do a little valuation, a little self-check, you know, mm-hmm. and and just remember, man, just that, that um, those definitions that are given to God the Father all throughout Scripture, he is gracious, gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. Mm-hmm. And if we can, if we can really grasp that, it'll, it'll help us um, with all this stuff, I just thought as you're talking about the popping and popping out. Yeah, I'm just thinking, what if what if a kid puts sticks a fork in the electric socket, wakes up in the hospital, hmm. and dad or mom is bringing ice cream, right? Yeah, and they might think to myself, oh, when I stick my finger my fork in there, <laughs> I get this <laughs> ice, ice cream. cream. Yeah, yeah. Right, that's a wrong. And so God, when God disciplines us, it's He doesn't want us to make the wrong connection with a, a, a life-giving reality with, with something that's producing death in our lives or for yeah. other people around us. And so I think, like, um, when someone pops in and pops out to get what they want, they're, they're not seeing that person for relationship. And, and if that person is God, the author and source of all good and life and light, then you are ch- you're, he would allow you to be training yourself to, to connect him with death-producing things, yeah. which would be just really bad. Yeah. So it's just kind of it's got back to that whole idea of relationship, understanding how relationship works. I think the more we understand relationship, I, I, I've said this before, like 
the, there's nothing more relational than the life in, in the Gospels, that God has connected us to himself. He's made us relational people. And so as we understand how relationship works, uh, we will understand how his love has gone way, bar, way, way far beyond what we would ever do in order to bring us back to it. He's just uh, so good. That's awesome. Yeah, and just to bring that, that, that fun analogy back into this parable, it's like God did not offer his son the ice cream the fountain mm-hmm. cavern ring, whatever, because he was putting a fork in the outlet, you know, he was happy to, to bless him with those things because his son ran from the outlet and came back to him, mm. right? Like, I would be happy to give Wendy ice cream if she stuck a fork in the outlet and came back and said, Daddy, I'm never going to do it again, <laughs> right? <laughs> so great, let me, let me, let you, right? And so again, just that picture of the order of events here of like, that's a reflection again of the father's heart and his pleasure at us being in the right relationship with him. It's a reflection of him always being open-armed towards us as his righteous sons and daughters through Christ, right? Hmm. Um, and yeah, just, just I, I love, I may keep saying that same phrase, but I just love that phrase you said of just, man, let's enjoy the party. The party that it is, which reminds me of, we were talking about the other day, Nate, of First John 1 and John 15, of when Jesus says twice in two different places that that relationship with one another and with the Father, it, it produces a joy and a fullness of joy that, can't be gotten any other way, right? It is better than anything else. So let's enjoy that joy together. Amen. Mm, enjoy the joy. <laughs> Semantics. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Love you guys. Thanks for listening. And I love you guys too, oh, Sean and Nate. You guys, you guys are the best. I'm glad you're at this party. Yes. Have a great week. Bye now. Bye. Thank you for listening. Be sure to subscribe for future episodes of Behold. If you would like more information about Valley Bible Church, or if you'd like resources from this episode, go ahead and check out vbc.online forward slash behold. Catch you guys next week.